everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Bearded Things. I am one of your bearded hosts. My name is Chris, and I'm here with my buddy Tyler. Tyler, hello, sir. Hello, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I am mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just really frustrated and angry with people in general right now because there's just a lot going on in the world, and um, people like to come into my store and just rant and rave and destroy things and be angry all the time and it pisses me off reminds me of i don't know if you've ever seen clerks yeah at the beginning or they're talking about the customers they hate and like there's the people that mm-hmm. test every egg and then the people who are looking for like the right milk carton mm-hmm. yeah customers are fun they are i don't miss customer service at all no yeah not not a fan even though i work in the field just not not a fan <laughs> so uh this week is going to be your turn for a story and what are you covering tonight I am covering the story of Valiant Thor. That's funny because I was going to do that uh, when it's my turn to tell a story. So Uh you took my story out from underneath me. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I'm very, very excited to to hear that because, again, I think it's a really cool story. And if you don't know, you will find out momentarily. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into that, it is time for our banter with the Beardsleys. So what is Banter with the Beardsleys? Banter with the Beardsleys is our fun, unscripted, kind of seemingly random conversation that the two of us have. And usually it's a listener submitted suggestion or question or something, some just, you know, general information that you guys want to know that we just talk about and kind of give our two cents on it. Yeah. And this week I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Well, so the next big holiday we have coming up, which is, I believe, less than 60 days away now, is Halloween. And I know we both love Halloween a lot. And Mm -hmm. what symbolizes Halloween season is here for you? Uh, Thank you for not acknowledging Labor Day as a holiday for all of us people that toil and, you know, labor. That's not a real Uh, holiday. (laughs) It's it's I, I get the spirit of Labor Day. But yeah, I don't it's. I get, you know, holiday pay, which is nice, but it's it's a weird holiday. No one really acknowledges the whole point of Labor Day anymore. But anyway, uh, to answer your question, I think there's two things that make it feel like Halloween season. Um, one is early September when Disneyland switches the Haunted Mansion to uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. That is always a good indicator. And also, um, unfortunately, when all like the cinnamon and pumpkin shit starts arriving in stores, then I know that it's, it's coming up on, on Halloween. Nice. Um, I'm kind of with you on that for the most part, but like <laughs> the opposite. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's when, of course, when Disney switches over to Nightmare, which I think mm. they should just keep up year round or have, I a, think so too, like have its own thing or something. Cause it's, it's mm. fantastic. Yeah. Um, when pumpkin spice, everything comes out. I hate it. I love it. And it's for me, it's my McRib. It doesn't taste good. It doesn't taste like pumpkin anything. It tastes very chemically, but I'm going to like overindulge on it through the season to the point where I'm sick of it. So I'll quit drinking and eating it until next year. Fair. The same thing with like the people with the McRibs. They'll like eat themselves sick of a McRib Mm -hmm. and then they're good to like the next spring when it comes back and then they (laughs) do it all over again. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely a disgusting, guilty pleasure of mine, but I go nuts. My my inner Karen is so happy right now. Right, you put on your Ugg boots and leggings and 
get oh, like wasted yeah. on pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, I've had like five. <laughs> it's so great. I yeah, I just I don't know. I I think we've talked about this before. I'm just not a fan of really anything pumpkin, and I think that's just from when we were kids. Whenever we would have like pie, it was always pumpkin pie. And my parents would always go to like Costco or Price Club, as it was called back in the day, for you young kids that don't know that. Um, and they would buy the giant Costco pies, and it was just this huge pumpkin pie, and that's all we would have. And now it's just like the smell of pumpkin just makes me like, but I don't want it anymore. I can't do it. That's how I am with yams. I just, yeah, I overdid I it a as fan. a kid, and then now yeah. I'm, I'm just done with that experience. Yeah, never been a fan. We're like sweet potato fries. No, it's just mm-hmm. a sadder yam. You know what I found out recently is everyone always talks about how you should get sweet potato fries instead of regular French fries. Like it's like it's the healthier option. There's actually more calories in sweet potato pies, sweet potato fries than regular French fries. Yeah, it's the starch thing and and sugars and yeah, that's that's where it's like it's all bad. Yeah, air quote healthier, but yeah, not worth it. Yeah, no, nope, don't do it. So yeah, so the pumpkin flavored <laughs> everything coming back makes me very happy, and then um. Uh, it's kind of a guilty pleasure and it's, it's kind of fun to see the change is the Halloween spirit stores. Yeah, that's true. I love those. (laughs) Like when they first came out, they were really cool. And then there was a period where they just really dipped down in quality, but they're like coming back. So they went from like the toys R us to like the 99, no offense to all you 99 shoppers, Mm. not knocking it, but it's no target, which it's now Mm. evolving into. Yeah. And I'm, I'm here for that. I actually just went and spent way too much money at a Halloween spirit store, and I'm very happy with my purchases. Nice. I know there's, I don't know where, but I know there's one somewhere like on the East Coast or somewhere like like Southeast in the U.S. where like it's a Halloween spirit store that doesn't close. It's not a seasonal store. It's just open year round. There's one in Hollywood as well. Oh, nice. Well, I forget what the, the name of it is. It's on Hollywood Boulevard. Mm. And it is a 24-7 Halloween store. They got everything that you'll ever need for, like, creepy stuff and, and all that jazz. And it, I love it there as well. The last thing on Halloween, it's not, not really a Halloween thing, but it is kind of Halloween because it is the, the next holiday that comes in. It's when it starts to get, like, cold out and, like, kind of windy. I love that shit. Like, I love that weather. Like, the cold weather and all that stuff. It's, it's like, like it's, cold and dry and... yeah. It makes my heart happy. Yeah, at least out here in Southern California, because I know other places have like air quotes seasons. Right. Yeah. Whatever that means. (laughs) Leaves change or something like that. It's so weird. Yeah. Here, the uh, the darkness comes a little bit earlier. The air is a little crisper and there's like a gentle Santa Ana breeze, which is like this dry, dusty wind from the desert. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. That's that's all we got. So the only real way we know that it's actually Halloween or like the fall is the pumpkin crap, the pumpkin flavored everything. That's true, I guess. Yeah. Just we keep time based on what Starbucks pushes out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's March when the green leprechaun drinks come out. And yeah. I don't know. Whatever the other stuff. I don't know. There's something they, they put out. I don't know. I don't really drink Starbucks. Peppermint stuff for like it's, Christmas. Yeah. And, yeah, that's true. I guess. Yeah. So yeah, Southern California, it's just pretty much always nice. Lately, it's been always that's hot, true. but it has. Yeah, it's not been fun, but yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, oh, and then I will like to add one more note. It's always great. Like when all of that starts happening, right? The Halloween decorations are out in, in stores, pumpkin flavored, mm. everything. And then horror movies. Yeah. And we talked about it in our Facebook group. And if you're not a member, you need to be a member. You can just message one of us. The link is also in the description of this episode. 
Uh, we're, we're just kind of doing a brief little survey to see what your favorite horror movies are to kick the season off. I know uh, a bearded friend of ours, Sarah, is trying to introduce her kids <laughs> to 90s horror. So hop on the Facebook group, suggest them away so we can traumatize her kids. Yeah. And yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up our banter with the Beardsleys. Yeah. All right. So uh, what do you think? To take a quick commercial break? Yeah, we should pay some bills. All right, we will be right back. And we're back. Uh, one quick, super quick note. If you haven't already and you're enjoying what you're listening to, if you can give us a four or five star rating on whatever service you're listening on, a little blurb, a little shout out, that little bit goes a very long way for us. It helps other people get exposed to the show and it'll pop up in their algorithms, which we really appreciate. Yes, very much so. So with all of that, uh, the floor is yours. All right. Well, thank you. Um, so before I get started, I actually should talk about this in the beginning of the episode, but um, I don't know if you guys heard, I covered the Havana syndrome, I don't know, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, but there was just another thing where vice president Harris was, um, she was traveling, I think, to China or something like that. And people in the embassy were experiencing the same thing where they were having the ringing and the headaches and all that craziness. So I'm just saying that was kind of crazy. And I wanted to mention that before I start my story, because we're kind of talking about government stuff in my story. But it made me think I just saw that. and I was like, oh, like they're actually talking about it now. Like it's it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is making the news and it's kind of crazy that it's happening all over again. Yeah. So, all right. That being said. Let's get into my story. <laughs> uh, so like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be covering kind of a strange tale, sort of a conspiracy theory. And it's about a being named Valiant Thor. And no, this isn't like the Marvel superhero. It's, although he is very valiant, this is a little different. Uh, and the story is a lot to take in all at once. Uh, that's what she said. So please feel free to indulge in some organic, free-range, bearded, pink Himalayan sea salt. Because this one, we're going to be taking the story with quite a bit of grains of salt. So let's get into it. The story of Valiant Thor begins in 1957 and is most of you know, or at least I hope you know, the, the late 1950s were kind of a weird time in the US. The Korean War had just ended a few years before and most of the world was really just had their eyes set on the US and the Soviet Union to see what these two world superpowers, where they were going to throw their collective ideologies and their political slash military might. And earlier in the decade, the United States elected a war hero named Dwight D. Eisenhower as president, and he's going to quickly become the co-star of the story. I can say that because in 1957, a strange man showed up in a farm near Alexandria, Virginia, which is just a few miles outside of Washington, D.C. Shortly after arriving in Alexandria, the police responded to the farm to investigate. And why did someone showing up to the farm police prompt a police response? Well, I kind of forgot to mention that this man allegedly showed up in a flying saucer that dropped him off with a couple of assistants. The man identified himself as Commander Valiant Thor, and he arrived with two other beings named Vice Commander Don and Thor's assistant, Jill. I will admit that there's a lot of sources out on the internet, and I know everything we read on the internet is true. But some of them, they will say that there's up to four beings that were dropped off, but the most common, including one of the sources that claims to have met them, and there's a lot of photos of these beings and they typically only shows three. So that's kind of what I'm going with because all the research that I found was just the three of them. 
So Commander Thor told police that he was an emissary from Venus and that he represented the High Council and needed to speak to the president. And I know what you're all thinking. Some super stereotypical of an alien to just show up and demand to speak to our leader. Seems like Valiant wasn't really good at breaking the mold here. But somehow the cops bought the story and instead of taking him to a hospital, which is what I would have done to have him checked out, they do the next best thing. They take him to the Pentagon where they agreed to have him meet with a secretary of defense named Neil H. McElroy. That might be McElroy. I'm not sure. Anyway, the meeting apparently went well because Commander Thor was taken to the White House to meet with President Eisenhower and Vice President Richard Nixon. According to author and researcher Frank Stranges, the meeting took place in a secure room with President Eisenhower asking Thor his name and where he came from. Commander Thor then responded by saying he comes from, quote, the planet that your Bible calls the morning and evening star. Eisenhower guesses Venus and asks Thor if he can prove it. When Thor asks what would constitute proof, Eisenhower responds, I don't know. But according to Commander Thor and his team, they were sent to Earth in an attempt to talk some sense into the people of the planet due to the ever-growing stockpile of nuclear weapons. He also tells them that he and his people live deep under the crust of Venus, and this is how they're able to live on such a hostile planet. During the initial meeting with Eisenhower and government officials, it was agreed that Commander Thorne and his team could stay on Earth for three years and serve as VIPs of the government. They were able to talk with scientists and other elected officials, and according to Strangers, Thor, who apparently had six fingers on one hand, was talked to extensively, and it was discovered that he spoke over 100 languages fluently and allegedly had an IQ of 1,200. Now, I don't know how the hell you measure an IQ, if it can even be that high or let alone be measured. Uh, It doesn't make sense, but it's kind of a really weird fact to throw out there. But I'm not a government official, nor am I a being from another planet. So who am I to say that it's bullshit, even though it seems kind of far-fetched? Regardless of the extraordinary facts attributed to Thor, he allegedly knew information about the solar system and other planets that gave him some credibility to the dozens of scientists that were prodding him for information. Interestingly, during his time in Washington, Commander Thor and Eisenhower really only met a couple times, and President Eisenhower wanted to go public with the information, but Vice President Nixon was able to talk him out of it, which is just really weird that Nixon would want to hide information from getting out. Like, that's so unlike his character, you know? Anywho, if it may seem strange that Eisenhower wasn't really scared or phased by the aliens and would want to let information about aliens out to the public... I would like to point out that this allegedly was also not the first time President Eisenhower had visitors not from this world. Now, again, I'm going to be double dipping on my conspiracy stories here, so please bear bear with me as I once again go within the story to tell you another story. Just three years prior to Commander Thor visiting Washington, D.C., President Eisenhower was a stone's throw away from Chris and I in Palm Springs, California. The purpose of this trip was purely for vacation, and he was planning on enjoying some of the amazing golf courses that the Palm Springs area has to offer. However, on February 20th, his vacation was cut short because he had to go to the dentist. At least that's what the official story says. Many officials close to the president at the time state that he went to to visit nearby Edwards Air Force Base. And the purpose of this visit? Well, some aliens had showed up and they asked to be taken to our leader. Amateurs. But according to UFOologists and some other well-respected members of the science field, such as Dr. Michael Salah, Eisenhower met with a group of beings from another solar system. These beings sort of resembled humans from the Nordic regions of the world, so naturally they were called the Nordics. According to Salah, the Nordics told President Eisenhower that they would share some of their advanced technology and spiritual wisdom 
if the U.S. would agree to eliminate their nuclear weapons program. The use of nuclear weapons, as explained by the Nordics, does irreversible things to time and space and has effects that impact extraterrestrial races on other planets. Sadly for the Nordics, President Eisenhower declined because, let's face it, we're an arms race with the Soviets and and some, you know, a lot of the political brinkmanship that was about looking tough. And I think getting rid of our weapons would have looked pretty bad. Strangely enough, on that same night, the Associated Press released a bulletin that stated, quote, President Eisenhower died tonight of a heart attack in Palm Springs. The Associated Press released a statement two minutes later, essentially saying, just kidding, the president's fine. And to squelch the rumors, President Eisenhower returned to Palm Springs and went to breakfast very publicly and stated that he did leave for a time, but it was only to go to the dentist. Of course, there were many people lined up to say that they saw Eisenhower at the dentist late in the evening, and a dentist even came forward to say he did the work on the president's crown. For the record, there is no official statement, no official documents of anything of President Eisenhower ever visiting a dentist or any sort of bill or proof of work. A few months later, President Eisenhower had another meeting with visitors from another planet, and this time at an Air Force base in New Mexico called Holloman Air Force Base. During this meeting, an agreement was met with beings that were nicknamed Greys due to their small gray stature. This agreement allowed the Greys to abduct humans and animals for the purpose of study in exchange for technologies that would enable the United States to get the upper hand on nuclear technology as well as supersonic flight capabilities. So, if you're an interstellar being trying to convince humans to not blow each other up, President Eisenhower kind of seems like a good choice. He allegedly has already had dealings with other worldly beings and he can keep his mouth shut. And if I were President Eisenhower, I would jump on the chance to meet with more aliens and maybe get this peaceful message out in case people start to realize that I made a deal with aliens to abduct human beings. During his three-year stay, Commander Valiant Thor shared some facts that disturbed government officials. Thor stated that Earth had been underwatched for hundreds of years, and it was the atomic blast in 1945 that alerted his people to Earth's growing nuclear arsenal. When asked if any of his people had visited Earth before, Thor replied that, quote, There are presently 77 of us walking among you in the United States alone. We are constantly coming and going. When scientists asked if he could perform tests on him, Commander Thor declined, but did allow them to test his clothing. They ran the the clothes through a gamut of tests, such as trying to penetrate the material with sharp, sharp objects. When this failed, they used a diamond drill and attempted to penetrate the clothes, but the drill bit snapped. They they poured various types of corrosive materials up to and including acids, but they all appeared to just roll off. A report was sent to President Eisenhower that stated that clothes were soft and silver and gold-colored. The fabric is of unknown origin. It was incredibly light, weighing only six ounces, and this included his shoes. It contained no pockets, no buttons, or any other sort of fastening devices. Find a conclusion that it was not Earth-made, and it was indestructible. During his three-year stay, Commander Valiant Thor continued his push to end nuclear expansion, but was ultimately unsuccessful. On March 16, 1960, Commander Valiant Thor reportedly dematerialized and then rematerialized near his ship along with his crew, and they left the planet. According to author and one of the sources I've been pulling from information from, Dr. Frank Stranges, Commander Thor made several more trips to Earth and the United States. Thor eventually contacted Strangers due to Strangers' unwavering faith in Jesus Christ. According to Strangers, Thor confirmed that Jesus was in fact real, but he was an alien, and he came from Venus. Strangers claims that he and Thor kept in contact for years, and although he returned to the Council of Failure, 
Thor will return with instructions to mingle with and become as like Earth people, to work and labor in Earth's enterprises, to help those who encounter possible threat or dangers while striving for world peace, to give them advice and guidance, to entrust with superior knowledge those who have proven themselves and divulge the essence of their message to the collective national leaders of Earth when the time is right. Now, I do have to say that this seems a little too much like it's strange is just kind of tooting his own, own horn that he's such an amazing person and such a believer and, you know, that aliens came to give him like an essential high five. But it does beg the question of who or what Commander Valiant Thor and his companions are and were they real? Obviously, strangers and most UFOologists think that they were real and claim the visit as factual evidence. There have been several photos taken of Thor and his team, and we'll post them on our social medias. They have been scrutinized over and over again. Despite many thinking they're all bullshit, the photos really haven't been able to be debunked or proven to be fake. The skeptic in me says that it could just be photos of random people since we never really got to see the full extent of their hands. We can't see if they have six fingers. More recently, skeptics have come forward debunking the claims that Strange has put forward in his book where he claims to have had top secret clearance at the Pentagon. This claim being false proves that strangers can just be making stuff up. I think that one lie, albeit a pretty big one, doesn't really necessarily disprove everything else, though. There are two other sources that support strangers, and they're both pretty interesting. One of them happens to be the great-granddaughter of President Eisenhower, Laura Eisenhower. She says definitively that she thinks her great-grandfather had contact with with extraterrestrials. I dug into her theories quite a bit and really went down a rabbit hole where she has a lot of stuff about time travel and a bunch of other really existential things. But she points out that, you know, Eisenhower was working closely with former Nazi scientists that were brought over from Germany after World War II during Operation Paperclip. The Nazis were widely known to have been pretty obsessed with UFOs and aliens, and these these men would be vital to understanding what was happening in the 50s and help work out what really happened with the results of information from the mythical Majestic 12. Side note, I'm pretty sure one of us is going to cover Majestic 12 pretty soon. Another source close to the president that supports the claims made by strangers is a man named Harley Andrew Byrd, who was nephew of Admiral Richard Byrd, who worked for the Department of Defense. Byrd claims to have worked closely with his uncle and upon his death asked for and was given clearance to access top secret files that was worked on by his uncle. He began working under the Chief of Naval Information and eventually was indoctrinated into a secret group of military officers and scientists investing aliens called Project Blue Book. While working for Project Blue Book, Byrd says that they were given credible information related to an encounter with aliens that met with the President of the United States, and the name of that alien was Valiant Thor. Lastly, researchers and proponents of it being real point to a top-secret project from 1952 called Project Penguin. During this project, the U.S. Army allegedly used powerful psychics and mediums to attempt to contact other beings. Led by Dr. Henry Puharik, they allegedly made contact with a group of entities called the Nine. The Nine explained that that they were in charge of watching over humanity and has done so since the beginning of time. Without getting too into the different cultures and people who have referenced the gods that are in groups of Nine, it sounds very similar to a council that may or may not have sent Valiant Thor to Earth on a mission of peace. So what are we supposed to believe? Would aliens come to Earth just to warn us about the use of nuclear weapons? It sounds an awful lot like the plot of the original The Day the Earth Stood Still. But why not? You know, I mean, 
I assume some super powerful beings that can travel the stars are going to visit more than just the US, right? So I think it's pretty safe to assume that they visited the other nuclear powers at the time. And if they're still active, are still visiting today as well. It kind of goes a long way to explain why some of our more rash countries in the world haven't just started launching nukes and said, fuck it. Or even, you know, played with the smaller atomic compression weapons and just, you know, harassed their enemies. I admit it's pretty hard to wrap my head around and truly believe. But as the amazing little poster in Mulder's office would say, I want to believe. And that, my bearded friends, is the story of Valiant Thor. Well, <clears throat> the truth is out there. <laughs> yes. Uh, just trust no one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, trust the aliens from Venus. <laughs> What I always found fascinating about this story is the, how do I word it? <laughs> the information that defutes a lot of the claims directly comes from the government, yeah, which is already trying to cover up the existence. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. So I think as extreme as this story seems, I think the only credible uh, discrediting can't come from the most obvious source, which is the United States government. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I know there's a lot looking into different research. There's a lot of like skeptic websites that I look to because, you know, trying to get both sides of the story when I, when I'm, I'm doing research. And like one of the biggest things was like, Oh, you know, this thing that just happened in June, they declassified all this UFO information. Like it would have told us if an alien visited the planet and no, yes. No, and no because it's like, it's, you know, if it, it's UFOs, it's not necessarily, landings on the planet you know what i mean it's like these are the sightings of ufos it's all like the videos of like the government release but it's like they're not declassifying if an alien came and visited the president and hung out for three years they're not going to declassify that shit in a ufo file you know what i mean so like that doesn't make sense to me when i read that i was like no like that i get what they're trying to say but i also think that's stupid like it's a it's a stupid argument to make because it has nothing to do with ufos really like this is a completely different story it's not a ufo it's an alien that visited yeah, and if they still haven't released all the information from Kennedy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I just have my doubts on trusting the source. As incredible as this story is and how as far as, you know, the common uh, you know, us, the commoners know this is a completely mm. farce of a story, right? I mean, it sounds mm. too incredible to be true. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think it's something that can be easily dismissed despite the government saying this is this is all a hoax. Yeah. And I, I think definitely like I said, we'll post the pictures and like looking at the photos that they have of these three beings that supposedly were these people, like I said, they could be just random people, but and it could just be the photo, you know, it's from the fifties, so the cameras weren't the greatest technology. But looking at the photos, like they they look human, they look very human, but they also look kind of off. Like it almost looks like the the Max Hedrum videos where it's like it kind of looks like a sort of mannequin, sort of like robot type. Like they're very like angular and like very stiff. A little just, too it, it's strange. Yeah, like it's it just seems weird. Like it's very like cookie cutter. Like hello, like I'm human from Earth. You know, like just seems seems weird to me. Yeah, I completely agree. And I've always been like completely fascinated by this story. Mm. And I, I just, I haven't found anything that can completely disprove it for me. So I, I tend to think Valiant Thor could still be out there. Yeah. If you believe, you know, Dr. Strange, even though he died in, I think it was 2008, but you know, he swore up until the end that it was all true. 
and there was like you know I, there was stuff that i read where i wasn't able to like authenticate it or like get like you know like substantial sources claiming it it was just like a couple of sites where they were kind of just quoting each other but there was talk about like there were you know people that worked for like the nsa and the cia that like on their deathbeds like said that this is what happened like it was real like this these people really visited the earth and it wasn't like they were trying to uphold a story like they always said like oh it was all it wasn't real it wasn't real it wasn't real and then on like, their deathbed they gave a confession and changed their story but like I said, I wasn't able to find like anything to corroborate that other than a couple websites saying that it happened. So it could have been bullshit, but it could have also been true. I don't know. Yeah. And then another weird thing just about that, the Eisenhower dental thing. Uh-huh. Like when he, when that happened, when he air quotes, you know, needed the dental work, he said he broke a tooth and it was like yeah. at dinner. So no, it was an emergency dental visit in the middle of mm. the night. Yeah. What's interesting is he completely disappeared with like his closest members of his cabinet. Yeah. I wasn't like, Oh, Hey, I'm going down the street. I'm going to walk there. Yeah. Like they just got in cars and left. Yeah. Like, and we're gone for hours. His, like I've had he a left his, put in. Yeah. He left his wife at the hotel. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. he vanished and there's yeah. no record of where he went or who took him. He was just gone. Exactly. So and it's like, it's interesting. Regardless of like the tooth damage, like I've had a crown put in, it takes maybe an hour. And he was gone for like most of the night. And just because he showed up at breakfast the next morning, like, hey, everything's fine. Like, you know, crack the tooth. Uh, it's an, and there's another thing I, I didn't put it because I didn't want to get too deep into that story because the whole story was supposed to be about Valiant Thor. But with the Eisenhower thing, there's at the Eisenhower Presidential Library, they have a person dedicated to answering questions about his dental visit from that night. That's a little, it's like, too... why would you have that? Like, I get they probably get questioned about it a lot. But why would you have someone dedicated to that one specific night? That just seems weird to like you're going too far to try to be like, oh, nothing happened. It was fine. Yeah. Over overdoing it. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting, man. Well, good job tonight. Uh, this Thank is, you. I think, one of the most important unspoken and not widely known stories of yeah. government secrecy. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, excellent job tonight. If somebody wanted Thank to you. ride in and give us a topic for banter with the Beardsleys, give us a story idea, which actually just got a message from one of our bearded friends, Chris. Uh, he has a, a story ideas that we will be covering soon. Nice. Uh, if somebody wanted to do that, where and how can they do that? Well, they can always text us, as we always mention. But if you are out in the interwebs and want to contact us, you can go to our Instagram, which is at Bearded Things Pod. Or you could go to our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash bearded things. We have that group that we talked about earlier, which is the uh, bearded things, bearded friends group. You can also visit our um, YouTube, which is at bearded things pod and our Twitter, which is at bearded things. We also have a website, which is beardedthings.com. on there. There is a contact us page. You can fill that out. It comes straight to us or you can email us. It's uh, contact us at beardedthings.com. And just anything you want us to cover, any ideas, feedback, all that stuff is great. So please don't hesitate to reach out. We truly love talking to you guys and we love having conversations. Yeah. And uh, once again, if you haven't already done so, uh, please, please, please be sure to give us a, a five-star rating with a little blurb about how much you enjoy the show. That little bit, again, goes a very, very long way. Yeah. So that'll do it for us this week. We will talk to you guys later.